Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. Can, can I just preach in this room? Come on, preach. Exodus chapter 16. We're going to kick it in the old school King James for a minute because there's something I'm after. There's something I'm after. If you're ready for the word, shout yes. Yes. Ooh, you sound good. You sound good. This is what the word of God would say. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And when the children of Israel, verse 15, saw it, they said to one another, it is manna. For they wist not what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Gather of it now every man according to his eating. And Omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which is in his tents. And watch this. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some more and some less. And when they did meet it with an Omer, he that gathered much had nothing over. And he that gathered little had no lack. And they gathered. There it is. Every man according to his eating. And Moses said, let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses. But some of them left of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. Last verse. And they gathered. There it is. Every morning, every man, according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. God sent me in this room tonight to challenge a side of your Christian walk that maybe you haven't challenged in a while. Because I don't care what level you've been eating on spiritually until you walked in here. God told me to tell you prophetically tonight over this region, God says it has changed. And from here on out, God said to tell you that it's all you can eat. Come on, maybe I'll just talk to you today. God said no matter what level you've been eating on and no matter what you've been thinking, God said from this moment forward, it's all you can eat. Let's pray one more time. Father, I thank you for your anointing and I give you praise, Lord. Father, speak in this room. Speak until pain turns to power and tragedy turns to triumph and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Somebody who believes it, shout amen. Thank you so much. If there's anything you need to know about the preacher that stands in front of you is that you must know that this preacher loves the Word of God. Is there anybody in this room that just loves the Word of God? I, I love the Word of God because for so many reasons, but, but perhaps the thing I love the most about the Word of God is the older I get, I'm realizing that everything in God's Word was pinned on purpose. Come on. Everything pinned on purpose. Every psalm pinned on purpose. Every parable pinned on purpose. Every prophecy pinned on purpose. Every proverb pinned on purpose. Even down to the very titles of the books of the Bible. Everything, all things, every word pinned on purpose. I could take 66 weeks and preach the titles and we could have church. They say another. I, I could take 66 weeks, just grab the title, and there is enough significant revelation in every title that we could have church just off the title. Let me show you what I mean. The first book of the Bible is the book of Genesis. Mm. And just in the title, there is enough revelation for you to shout off of, live off of, and move off of. Why? Because the book of Genesis means the book of beginnings. Really what I'm trying to tell you is from the get-go, God wanted us to know that he knows how to start a thing. 
No, that it doesn't matter what the thing looked like before God got to it. It doesn't matter how chaotic it is or crazy it is. It doesn't matter how dark it is or how lonely it is or how low it is. God wanted you to know that if he ever gets over top of that low, lonely, dark, and empty thing and ever opens up his mouth, whatever he has to say will change the environment because God knows how to start a thing. Uh, that's why it doesn't matter what a doctor's report says. Come on. That's why it doesn't matter what your daddy didn't give or your daddy didn't show you. It doesn't matter if your mama was there or not. If God ever gets over top of your life and opens his mouth and begins to say a thing over you, darkness has to go and things have to change. Why? Because he is my Genesis God. And if you're thankful for a God knows how, that knows how to start a thing, you ought to give him praise to let him know you can start a new thing right now. If you want to know what my prayer is, that's my prayer. Start some God. Start some God. Start something fresh. Start something on fire. Start something God knew in my life. God, I'm thankful for everything you've done. But God, this is what I know. He who has begun a good work in my life is faithful to bring that thing to completion. Because if I ever start it, not only will I sustain it, but I'm about to finish that thing in your life. Somebody give him praise right now. What's going on, guys? It's good to see you back again. I know it's been a few weeks. I'm excited to be back on here. We're going to give it a few minutes. I see we have some people logging on. We see Will. What's going on, Will? I see my wife's logging on. Go ahead and take a few minutes as you're getting on. Share this. Help us get it out there. Uh, you know, click that. I don't know how, even how you do that. How do you host one of those watch parties? If you know how to do that, jump on, click share, host a watch party, uh, tag some people in it. Apparently, I'm going to host a watch party right now because I believe what we have today is going to be life-changing if you can grab onto it. So take a, take a minute now as we're getting started. Go ahead and share this thing up. Comment on there if you're, if you're logging on and you're going to watch with us today. Uh, I'm excited to be back. It's been a few weeks since I've been able to get on here, so I got some I got some good stuff brewing in my spirit. I think that this week is going to be crucial in taking the next step to really seeing a, a change in your life and not just living, you know, a, a, the day-to-day hoping you make it through, hoping you don't have, you know, some level of defeat. But I believe if you grab onto what we're going to talk about today, it's going to change your life for the rest of your life. It's your first watch party. Here we are. I'm psyched. There I hope somebody jumps on and watches with Crazy me. Crazy easy. What's up? What's up, Jamie? Hutchings, or is it Phil? You'll never know until they comment. You can tell by the level of sarcasm we're gonna, generally. We're going to wait. Awesome. No, we're really excited, man. Upper Conference, just so everyone's on the same page, we want to accomplish three things for the 40 million-plus youth in this nation and young adults. It's crazy. Salvation is a must. It, this, this generation needs Jesus. Our generation shall be saved. We want to see freedom come. We don't want just to give our lives to Jesus, but we want to see the fullness of what God has promised in every single believer's life. And the last thing is we want people to, that come to any of our events, that do anything, that interact with us, that listen to these lives, that God places a boldness inside of their heart to bring the message of freedom and salvation to every single person they know, turning their own world upside down. That's our heart. That's the goal. And we know that if every single person could take a personal responsibility, 
we would see a massive change in our nation, in our generation, in hometowns, in schools, in families, and churches would be absolutely on fire for Jesus. One of the biggest things that we see and what we're going to deal with today is the fact that what comes after that? What comes after salvation? What comes after that moment? You know, when you come to the altar, you give your life to Jesus, you make that change. What's the next step from there? Because I feel like a lot of times what happens is we come to the altar, we get saved, but then it's kind of, you know, if you're at a good church, then maybe this isn't the case. I know that we've done everything we can here at our church to make sure this doesn't happen. But it's like sometimes I feel that people get left hanging after that. Like they're just, you know, they're expected to be able to figure it out on their own. But the thing is, you have to have, you know, and we've kind of got it tagged under this, a personal daily revival where every day you're making a step towards being closer with Jesus to doing what Jesus has called you to do, to really expanding and immersing yourself in a relationship with him. I like how it says it in Galatians 3.27. It says, for all who have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. It paints that picture of like putting on new clothes. And I think that's important because I, I still hear it a lot. You know, it's funny to hear in 2019 when people say, well, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just an old sinner that was saved by grace. But that's not true. You're not a sinner that was saved by grace. That sinner is dead, according to Galatians 3.27. You've put on a new being. You're yeah, a true. new creation in Christ. Those things that you struggled with before don't exist anymore. And think about it like this. I, I'm even getting this thought right now. Imagine if you were to never take off the clothes you're wearing right now but you just kept putting new clothes on over top of that old clothes. How many days do you think it would take before that old clothes stunk and people started to know it was still under there? Not only that, you'd look like the Michelin man. You'd look yeah. absolutely foolish. And how many times do we see people that look foolish while they're, tra- they're claiming to live this new redeemed life, but they keep walking around with that same old stuff that they're wearing? Not only does it stink, not only can people see it, yeah. but it makes you look foolish trying to carry around the things that Jesus paid for, the things that he set you free from. So when you're, when you're operating in this, when you're thinking about this today, you have to understand you are a new creation in Christ. You're not carrying around these old things. You don't have to experience the same defeat that you used to. You don't have to go through the same uh, losses. You know, people will say, well, if, if it's so real, then why do bad things happen? Well, because it's people not taking hold of the promise that Jesus has laid before them. It's not unscriptural to have challenges come up in your life, but it is unscriptural to be defeated by those challenges. You have to understand that when something comes your way, it's not your battle to fight anymore, but it all starts with understanding that you're not the same person you were before you got saved. I tell the kids in my, in my small group, we were just talking about it this week, you have to, in your head, you have to set up a time where you have literally held a funeral for that old man. Yeah. He has to die. It can't be something that can come back. It can't be like an outfit that you hang up in the closet and you're going to take it out and wear it again sometimes because your friends invited you to go out to a party or because you're, you, know, you just lost control, you were mad, something bad happened. You can't have that old creation hanging in the closet for the chance that you may want to put it on again for one night. Yeah, it's true. Like I, I say it like this. Um, I had a dog when I was like 10 years old. He had been with us all, my whole life. His name was Gunner. And Gunner passed away, and what we did is we ended up burying him in the backyard uh, out, out by the garage. And I know exactly where we buried Gunner, and Gunner's gone. <laughs> it would be crazy for me to be like right now, 15 years later, like, man, I really miss my dog. Yeah. You know what I can do? 
I can go and I can unbury my dog and I'll play with him and I'll just put him right back. People yeah. don't do that. That's literally like psychotic. You need to go and get some real medicine, hands laid on. Like, you need something taken care of if you're going to go back and play with old dead dogs. Mm -hmm. But we do the same thing with sin. And we need the same kind of attitude towards sin. Is I don't love sin. I don't like sin. I'm not interested in sin. It, it, the new clothes, see, it's not just that we're hiding sin. No, no, it, we're washed clean. It's not yeah. like white out, covered up. We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You're a new creation. The 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, mm -hmm. that's anybody. Look, if you've given your life to Jesus, this applies to you. I've seen so many people, and this is what they say, and this is their mindset is, well, that was good for them, but I struggle with this. Well, this is my issue, and this was my addiction, and I'm still struggling. No, no. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Mm -hmm. Those old things have passed away. Behold, everything is new. You're brand new. And we see in John chapter 11 the story of Lazarus. Mm -hmm. And Lazarus is, is such a powerful story. This was one of Jesus' friends, and he had been dead for four days. I don't know if you could imagine the stench of a dead person for four days. And Jesus shows up outside of the tomb, and he looks at a couple guys. There, he's like, look, roll the stone away. Mm -hmm. And he calls Lazarus out like this guy was dead. And you see Jesus, no, come out. And this is such a picture of our salvation mm -hmm. where we were dead in our sin. We were dead, separated from Christ. But Jesus called us out. The Holy Spirit himself spoke to our spirit, spoke to our heart, calling us out of that sin and death. And when Lazarus came out, he came out walking with the, these grave clothes still on. He was still yeah. bound by what had been on him because of death. Mm -hmm. And that's what we really want to talk about today is what was on you because of death, because of sin, because of unrighteousness. That's what has to be removed so we can walk and run in the fullness of what Jesus has for us. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 11, verse 44. He said, and he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, and he's saying this to you as well right here, right now. Loose him and let him him go yeah see if you got a problem today i want to encourage you right now where you are at you can speak the same thing over your life loose and let me go mm -hmm. when we come out we need to realize that those grave clothes are put off and some people they hold on to their bad decisions like well i was a party boy yeah. and i did this and i could never get past it i couldn't get past the girls i can't get past the marijuana i can't get past the anger i can't get past the pornography i don't know what it is but they have their bad decisions that they're bound by. But I think even the sadder thing is a lot of people are bound by what happened to them. Mm -hmm. Where maybe it wasn't a bad decision they made, but maybe it was like it was a sexual abuse kind of thing. Maybe it was a mental or emotional kind of abuse. And people hold on to those things. Mm -hmm. But even what was done to us, not what we did, Jesus has still loosed us from those very things as well. Yeah, and I think that sometimes people have been wrapped up in that, those grave clothes for so long that they're not even really sure what they're going to find underneath it. And, and it's almost like an, it's like an identity yeah. where they say, you, imagine Lazarus coming out of the tomb. I mean, think about it. You would be like, you don't understand. I, I was dead. I'm wrapped in this. I, I don't know what's left underneath it. I right. stink. I can't let this stuff go. I don't know what's under here anymore. There's nothing left of me. I can't let go of this alcohol. I can't let go of that pot. I can't let go of that website. Right, right, right. I don't know what's left. If I didn't have that, who would I be? What would I do? But you see, that's the, that is 
the key right there is understanding it. There is still something worth it underneath that grave clothes. Your purpose isn't gone just because you were off the rails for a while. If you're alive and you have breath, you have purpose. And if you have purpose, that means there's still time left for you to turn your life around. But until you understand this, see, what surprise is it if a sinner sins? There's no surprise. So you can walk around your entire life claiming that you're just a sinner saved by grace. And then when you fall, it's no big deal because you're just a sinner saved by grace. When you accidentally go on that website again, when you accidentally have that alcohol again, it's no big deal because you're a sinner. When you end up sleeping with someone that's not your wife, you're just a sinner saved by grace. I'll say the prayer again. But when you become a new creation, it's out of character for you to do those things. At that point in time, you have to understand that those things are no longer part of you. It's not part of your DNA. How silly would it look if you took somebody and wrapped them up like a mummy and they walked around town like that for a week? How ridiculous would it look? But we do it every day. We walk around in the natural where people are bound and they don't realize how foolish it makes them look because they're walking around in something that they don't have to. It's like, imagine if you had a set of handcuffs on and you walked around town all week with those handcuffs on, but I gave you the key and you had the key to the handcuffs in your hand and you were walking around saying like, well, you know, I would really enjoy doing that with you, but I can't because my, right. I'm handcuffed right now. Bro, you have the key in your true, hand. True. You're holding the key. You can get free. The key has been paid for for you. But people will walk around, and they're so afraid of finding out what's underneath all of that. Is there anything left? I've done too much. I can't turn back now. There's no way that I would be accepted. The blood of Christ is not a cover-up. It's a clean-me-up. It's brand new. It's 100%. Christ is not a crutch. People, I hear people say, well, you know, that I know a lot of people that, you know, had real problems with alcohol or real problems with drugs. They go to church now, and, you know, sometimes that crutch is just what they need to get back up on their feet. Christ isn't a crutch. He's a transplant. It's not something that just new. gets you going. It's something that makes you new, fresh, better than you were the first time. Living a life with Christ, putting off the old things, holding a True. funeral yeah. for the old man, getting rid of those things that were behind you. I've never, I've not yet met someone who's done it wholeheartedly and regretted it. I've no. not yet met anyone. No, 100%. And, and that's what Galatians 3 says is we What's put up, Will? on. And when you put on something brand yeah. new, those grave clothes aren't to be there anymore. It, it's interesting. You've ever put clothes on and they're like super uncomfortable? Yeah. Like sometimes like, man, people, I, I, it's funny. Like, I hate wearing suits. They're so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Look, can I, if you know this, wearing the suit is appropriate, that that's what is, you need to be doing in the time and in the moment, then that's what you do no matter how uncomfortable it is. And a lot of people, when they, they come out, they put on Christ but they're trying to wear those old grave clothes. It's the same concept. Some people are so comfortable in the sin. Some people are so comfortable with how far they've gotten away from Christ. I want to encourage you, when you first start walking in this relationship with Jesus, it might be uncomfortable. There's new patterns, new behaviors, new habits, but what is attached to it is absolutely what God has designed you for. Mm -hmm. The suit might not feel good at first, but when you start walking in it, when you start walking in what it was designed for, you start to walk in purpose and in destiny. You actually fall in love with it. What we get to put on, I love this. If you actually continue past uh, verse 27, it says, and we no longer see each other in our former state. I want to encourage you, stop talking to your friends about the sin you used to live with them. You don't have to see each other in the former state. Don't relive those nights. Don't recant those. Like, they're done. They're gone. You're brand new. Uh, Jew or or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we're all one through the union with Christ Jesus. No distinction between us. 
And this is cool too. Verse 29 says this. It says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed mm -hmm. and heirs according to the promise. And I love this because if you actually go back up in Galatians 3, 13 and 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from every curse of the law. Yeah. The curse of the law is anxiety, depression, anger, suicidal thoughts, is hopelessness, is weakness, is, is literally being bound by whatever the world is going to, the enemy is going to throw at us. But Christ became the curse for us. For it is written, anyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. And verse 14 is, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So look, if you're a believer, if you put on Christ, we now also have access to the, the covenant of Abraham. You know, why would you wear around that, those old grave clothes, the stinking rotten death, when you have the promises of God right in front of you? And what are those promises? We find them in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. It says, ready? I will make you a great nation. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's exciting. Yeah. Some people can't think past their household. God has said, if you're, if you're a believer, if you put me on, if you're obedient, if you live holy, I'll make you a great nation. We have access to that promise. Mm -hmm. I will bless you. I don't know a better blesser than Jesus Christ mm -hmm. himself. And make your name great. Yeah. Look, our names are made great so we can continue to make his name great. If you think about it like this, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, you're a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Mm -hmm. What's so interesting about a city on a hill is when you're looking up at a city, it grabs your attention, but yeah. you often look past the city as well. Mm -hmm. Our job isn't to make our name great for our namesake. It's to lift his name so we can make his name even greater in our nation, in our generation. And you shall be a blessing. Some people don't like giving 10 cents. Yeah. Man, the Bible says if you're a true believer, you'll be a blessing. Mm -hmm. And I will bless those who bless you. Amen. Our friends, our family, business dealings, they'll be blessed because they've dealt with us. And I will curse him who curses you. Awesome. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, according to Romans, I believe it's chapter 12. And Deuteronomy, uh, yeah, Deuteronomy as well. It's in there. And, it, and, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Those are the promises of God right yeah. there. Those are the things we have access to when we put on Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, and that's what we get to put on. Mm -hmm. First Peter 2.9 says it like this, and this is the Passion Translation. I just like normal language sometimes. It says, but you're God's chosen treasure, mm -hmm. priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He who called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light and now claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would, be, you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Grab this real quick. The Bible says that we're joint heirs with Christ. Yep. So that means everything Christ has, you have. The Bible's, so I've heard it said like this before, and this is one of the greatest illustrations I can get. When Jesus came to earth, he was the only begotten son. After he was resurrected, he was no longer the only begotten son, but we became... The sons of God, the Old daughters of God. So now, look at it like this. I, try, I, can't, I don't think I can make it any simpler than this. Whether you like him or not, imagine right now, while he's in office, President Trump was to take off his suit, put on an old torn-up shirt, 
an old torn up paint covered pair of jeans and sat on the sidewalk in New York City with a bucket collecting money. People would be like, what are you doing? You're the president of the United States of America. You have everything you could want at your disposal and you're laying on the side of the road begging like you have nothing. But the Bible says we're even greater than the president of the United States. We're greater than any king of any nation on this earth because we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are joint heirs with the king of all kings of every nation, of every kindred, of every tongue. We are in equivalence. We are joint heirs. We have everything that he has access to. But we lay on the side of the road and we beg like we have nothing. We sit there like we're helpless, like there's no freedom for us, like there's no hope for us. But if you're listening today, whether live or on a rebroadcast, I want you to know there is hope for your situation. You are able to be set free. Your your price has been paid. Everything that you're struggling with is minimal compared to the freedom that's available to you through Jesus Christ today. But we got to make the decision. I'm going to put on Christ. Yeah. I'm going to put these things behind me because they're dead. They're gone. They don't exist in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to run around with them anymore. Even how, how uh, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares upon the Lord. And then how, uh, how Hebrews says it, let us lay aside every weight and mm-hmm. sin that so easily ensnares us so we can run the race with endurance. Yeah. You can't run with grave clothes. You can't run with old sin. You can't run with those chains. Mm-hmm. But we can run with endurance when we lay these things aside. And the goal and the challenge for you today is to change your mindset, to change how you see what, what your, your nature even, because you are a new creature. You are absolutely washed clean. And today is your day to run without those grave clothes, to run without those chains, to walk in the freedom that Jesus Christ has given you. Not just the freedom, but the promise that he paid for. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who curse you. I'll curse those who, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Mm -hmm. As a believer, that's what we get to do. But that's if we decide to put on Christ and when you make day. when you make these decisions they're not going to go unnoticed by your friends they're not going to go unnoticed by your family the bible says yeah. you'll be peculiar it doesn't mean weird it means you're going to stand out it's going to be obvious yep. there's going to be a divide between people that live righteous and holy and people who refuse to step up and toe the mark and live a righteous life and if you're living that life now and you see that divide never be ashamed of being able to walk in what jesus has paid for yeah. never be ashamed of the fact that there's a divide there's a distinct difference between people who obey the promises of god and people that don't and i'm telling you right now just like you said a minute ago people are always going to say well i remember you when you used to go to that party or man i remember we used to have a lot of fun not with me you didn't that guy's dead the one you're talking about he doesn't exist anymore because if he exists there's a chance he'll come back and i'm telling you i buried him years ago and he's never coming back gospels it's actually really cool there was a blind man jesus healed him and he went to the temple and people were like is that the guy that yeah. used to be blind? And other people said, no, he looks like the guy that used yeah, to be yeah, blind. Yeah. See, people will say, it, it, is, is that the same guy? They'll say, oh, no, no, they'll get, get you confused with somebody else. But what he had to do is he had to stand up and say, I once was blind, yeah. but now I see. Yep. See, we need to be carriers of the testimony, carriers of what Jesus did in our life. Not running around and looking at our old life, but talking about the redemption of Jesus Christ. I used to be blind. That was me. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. I used to live in sin, but Jesus found me. Jesus set me free, and I'm walking in a newness. I once was blind, but now I see. Yeah, and if you're watching today and this is you, 
if you're saying, you know what, you're right. I've been going through this same old thing. I keep taking that old man out of the closet and putting it back on and going and walking in my old filthy sin. It's not I keep it. tripping up in these things. We're going to pray for you today. Whether live or on the broadcast, I want you to bow your head right now and just Real quick, right before we pray, as you said that, man, so many people deal with condemnation. Mm -hmm. And look, if you've been in and out, don't allow that barrier of feeling bad. That is the devil. That is the enemy. Yeah. If you're feeling right now today, like, I know I've been in and out. I'm not good enough. I can't go back. No, today... I need you to know that's the devil, the enemy of your soul speaking to you. Anytime there's a barrier between you getting right with Christ, it's never Christ. All it is is the enemy of your soul trying to convince you of a lie. Yeah. It's called condemnation. And in Jesus Christ, there's no more condemnation. Mm -hmm. Any barrier is from the devil. And if you're finding a barrier in your life today... All it's saying is the devil is terrified mm -hmm. that you could give your life to Jesus today. Mm -hmm. That you could go all in with Jesus. I don't care how many times you've messed up. Today is your day. Right now is the now. It's not today is the day for salvation. Right yeah, now is your moment for salvation. In this moment, behind that screen, listening to this podcast, now is your moment. Mm -hmm. Now is your day. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Run at him because he's already been running at you. Right now, wherever you're at, unless you're driving in a car, I want you to bow your head and, and repeat this after me. Father, I thank you that today's the day that I'm yes. going to grab on to total victory. Lord, today I experience the true freedom that you paid for. Lord, I grab hold of it, and I'll never let it go. Yeah. I take that old man, Lord, and I bury him today. Today's the day I'm holding a funeral yes. for that old dead sinner. Lord, he'll never come back because you paid the price for it. Father, we thank you that your blood is enough. Lord, we thank you. There's nothing that we've done that surpasses the power of your forgiving blood. So we yeah, thank you sure. today, Lord, that as we grab hold of your promises, we experience everlasting victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we thank you, guys. We want to we wanna see you free. We want to see you operate yeah. in this. We want this to be your new reality. So even today, as you're at home, grab hold of the victory that Jesus paid for. We love you, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a phenomenal day. And that concludes another week of the Uproar Podcast. We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.